Hey everybody, in just a moment, Andy's gonna finish us out in our sermon series, focusing here on the Sermon on the Mount. But before he does, I wanted to share a story with you. You know, it was many years ago, uh, my family used to take this trip to Lake Powell, which is like the Grand Canyon basically filled up with water. It's beautiful, rocky lake, it's amazing. And we'd go on this big houseboat. We'd ride the houseboat, you know, all the way back, drive it all the way back into some cove someplace uh, where we'd anchor it up and set up shop and we'd just stay there, we'd camp for the week. Uh, and it was this amazing time, like dear memories from this place. But the most stressful part about this whole trip was when we'd pull up and we'd have to anchor the thing. Imagine being on a really large houseboat that thing catches the wind at all and it's gonna drift it almost is like a kite made of metal uh, in that water and it's gonna hit against rocks and that's expensive and dangerous and all kinds of things so we would pull up and we'd all have this freak out moment where we would run with our rocks or we would run with anchors and ropes and we pile rocks on top of it and it's this crazy thing where in the end you'd have this humongous pile of rocks on top of these four anchors holding the boat in place but you look and you're like it's firm and it's secure I remember one time where had all that done and when I was inside having a conversation sometime during the week and I look out the window and that rock wall that was supposed to be a long ways off suddenly seemed like it was a lot closer. When I looked at it a little further, next thing I realized, wait, we're moving towards it and that's not supposed to happen. Next thing I know, there's screams around me and everybody's freaking out because a storm had come through, the winds had picked up and sure enough, it caught the side of that houseboat and the anchors had become uprooted. All those rocks just got, that we'd piled so carefully, just got drug right away and we were in a full panic. We remedied the situation, we made it through okay, but I share that story with you because I wonder if you know what that's like. Not what it's like to be on a houseboat and have the whole thing you know, go crazy, and if you do, good to have you. But no, your life. If you know in the last couple of months here, uh, as we've been living life and walking through this, maybe it's felt for you like your life was anchored, like you had piled all the things you needed on it to hold it firm and secure and you'd taken great care that it was gonna be okay. And then at one point you looked out your window and it's like everything started to shift. It's like a firm wind came in and just started blowing against the thing to such a degree that it uprooted you. And now it feels a little scary. And now it can feel a little crazy or like it's all moved. And what do you do now and what do you have? And it feels a little like panic, at the very least unsettling. I share that with you because if that's you, if you know what it's like to be there, I'm really glad you're joining us here today. Because Andy has some words that he's gonna share with us in just a few moments that are so meant for you, meant for all of us. And I hope this morning's a great encouragement to us all. Well, good morning, everybody. We have some of our staff and volunteers in the room. Good morning to you and everybody uh, that's joining us online. It's so uh, good to all be together this morning. Uh, like Ryan said, we're, we're kind of finishing up our series on Sermon on the Mount. And actually, um, today we're going to be looking at the last parable uh, that Jesus uses at the end of his sermon. We'll get there in just a minute, um, where he's talking about building uh, a life, building a house on the rock versus building on the sandy soil. And as we're getting into that, um, I kind of wanted to share a story with all of you guys really quick. Uh, many of you know uh, that I'm from uh, the Napa Valley and grew up there. My whole childhood was kind of wrought with uh, either flooding or earthquakes, uh, so it was just kind of very normal for me. But back in 2014, uh, on a Sunday morning, I had uh, come here uh, to church and was getting ready to, to come on stage to start the service, and one of our volunteers kind of came up to me frantically and said, how are your parents doing? And I had absolutely no idea why this person would be asking me how my parents are doing. I said, I think fine, why? 
Like, oh, you didn't hear. There was a massive earthquake that hit in the middle of the night last night. Many of you probably remember uh, this earthquake. And so I remember trying to text my parents uh, right away, and uh, I wasn't able to get a hold of them. But I did see throughout the morning kind of pictures of lots of devastation of things that were happening um, in Napa. And I started to get a little bit worried because I didn't have the ability to get a hold of my parents quite yet. And people were saying things like, wow, this building building is destroyed and that building is destroyed and pictures of homes that were kind of leaning on their side. So finally, at the end of the morning, I was able to get home and I called my parents and they were fine. Um, and so I said, talk to me about what, what was this like? And it really, it was the biggest uh, earthquake that they had experienced because it was really kind of centered right in kind of South Napa. And most other earthquakes are kind of more in the San Francisco area, a little bit further away. And so they said, yeah, we woke up in the middle of the night and the house was shaking. Um, and they said it felt like a train was just kind of like barreling past the house. The sound of it sounded like a freight train. They'd heard other earthquakes before, but, but somehow this one was so much louder and bigger. Um, and when they woke up, uh, got up in the morning, uh, there wasn't anything wrong with the house. It was perfectly fine, no destruction. But they went on to tell me uh, that kind of with sadness because uh, both my, my mom grew up in Napa um, and downtown Napa is very historic. And kind of with tears in her eyes, I could hear it in her voice, she was talking about how downtown Napa was really devastated. These historic buildings were, were crumbling and were kind of in shambles. And, uh, and, and just so you know, to date, it's been about $2 billion and uh, rising what it's cost to actually fix the downtown area. So it's kind of this duality. That, that there's my parents' house, and you may wonder, well, why didn't they experience any damage? And the reality is their house is actually built kind of in the hills of Napa that's just solid rock. It's all rock. So all the homes that are in, it's called Alta Heights in that, that part of Napa, perfectly fine, never affected by earthquakes. But downtown Napa, if you've ever been there, is built off of the river, and so it's sand and soil just kind of packed together that they've built these buildings over time. And so when there's an earthquake, everything kind of tends to shift. And the point I want to make today, the first point I want to make with us, is that it makes, it's a, it's a, there are catastrophic implications for whether we build our houses on a solid rock, or whether we build on the sand. Catastrophic implications. That we're gonna look, that's what we're going to look at here today. And so I'm going to ask, um, we can turn in our Bibles to, to look at the end of this uh, Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 7, 24. And you can turn there. We're going to put the, the scripture up on the, on the screen here in a second as well. And as we look at, at Matthew 7, 24, you have to know that this is, again, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and really what Jesus is doing is he's actually saying this, this parable is really a challenge based on everything that just got presented. We spent four weeks on the Sermon on the Mount, but this was actually just one sermon that Jesus taught kind of headed towards this point that we're going to get to today. And so let's read this here, Matthew seven twenty four. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The first point uh, I want to kind of draw us to this morning is that as Jesus was speaking to his audience, this would have been a Jewish audience, um, at that time, this audience would be so uh, kind of familiar with the language that, that Jesus was using here, um, and it, it was the desert, much like we are, so we know what flash flooding uh, is like, and so they would have heard this idea of uh, building your house on the sand, and they would have immediately thought, well, nobody would do that, because if a flash flood comes that that's going to get washed away. And so that would kind of perk their ears up to go like, what is he actually saying here? These, uh, this, this Jewish audience, um, the average life expectancy was 35. Um, children, uh, babies that were born, a third of them didn't make it to the age of one. They constantly lived in Roman oppression. They basically had a sense kind of waiting for that proverbial next shoe to drop all of the time. Kind of felt to them probably like like an earthquake, like the, the ground is always shifting underneath them. So this story would have really resonated with them as it should with us. Because, you know, I think this isn't just a parable for 2,000 years ago, but so much of this is so relevant for each and every one of us here today, isn't it? I mean, has it felt to you like the ground is kind of shifting from day to day? I mean, even in this service, we had some things happen this morning where we had to adjust a lot of what we were doing. I mean, the ground is just shifting from day to day. And what do you do with that? You know, if I'm to kind of speak for, for myself and a lot of the pastors and staff here at Casas, man, we um, have felt, uh, felt for the Casas community uh, during this time. You know, we've heard from you and kind of seen a lot of the pain and anguish and, the, and, and just the challenge of the things that you have faced in this last year. And man, we feel that. We've been praying for you. We love you. You inspire, you inspire us. So how many of you have felt kind of like the walls are shaking around you recently? You know, for me, I've kind of felt like, yeah, like there's like these, an earthquake and there's storms that are happening all around me. And what, what I've kind of seen in my own life is that as I've adjusted, that I find myself um, kind of changing the way that I live my life in, in some ways that, that I don't actually like. I don't kind of like where this is going, that I find myself kind of closing off a bit and that I've lost a little bit of my direction. Has that happened for any of you here today? Kind of get a little bit of a listlessness, an anxiousness, uncertainty that kind of starts to build within you. Well, with that in mind, I want to kind of jump back to um, this scripture again, because in times like this, we want to kind of be able to find that rock 
to land on. And uh, what Jesus is doing here at the beginning of this passage, in the beginning of this parable, is something slightly different than what most of us would kind of know of when he's talking about the idea of building on a rock. You see, the Jewish audience, they would have heard this and thought about all kinds of Old Testament scriptures that talk about um, God is my rock, all through the Psalms, all through the Old Testament. And, and we're familiar with several uh, scripture references all through the New Testament that talk about Jesus being the cornerstone that everything is built upon. Don't we? We know this. But Jesus is doing something slightly different. I don't want us to miss this, okay? I don't want to miss this slight difference that has a profound effect ultimately on the way that we choose to live our life. Let's look at it again. This is Matthew 7, 24. It says, everyone then, and catch this, who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see right here, he doesn't say, you're building everything on God the rock, you're building everything on me. I mean, I think we kind of get, of course, our lives are built uh, upon God within his kingdom, but he's saying something very specific to us because it moves us to action. If we really heed what he is saying. See, if we go to the place of going, God is the rock, we can actually find ourselves being in a little bit more of a passive role and going, what am I, you know, God is my rock, what am I supposed to do? Jesus actually says the thing that creates the foundation that you're building your house upon is hearing my words and doing them. That actually builds the foundation in the house. One way to think of it is like it appears as we live out the words of Jesus. Kind of a, kind of a cool concept and it really does change the way that we see um, this passage. <clears throat> you know, I think when we um, live out the, the way that Jesus is encouraging us to through the Sermon on the Mount, we find that, again, that, that firm foundation appears and we start living more out of love and reacting to the world around us. And we can actually stop and say, Jesus is actually saying, live a life built out of the things that I'm encouraging you to live out of and you'll live a life of love, a life that will flourish. You know, I think just so we can kind of talk about it real quick, you know, what a, a building a life looks like, I don't think it's, you know, it's financial security and protecting our assets and, and winning a political argument and making sure that we've held on to everything that we might lose. I think when we talk about building a life, it looks a lot like simply loving others in a continual way, and living out, committing in an ongoing way to living a life of meaning, purpose, generosity, constantly giving ourselves to the world around us, almost like as we build a life, we give it away. That's what it looks like to build a life. And my hope for today, it really is, for each of us, is that by the end of this message, that there's going to be something really simple and tangible that we can take away from this that will help us actually kind of take that step back to really living and building the life that Jesus is calling us to. You know, how many of you um, have ever um, built a house? You can raise your hands. I can't see you at home, but 
I trust that you are. A lot of people have gone through the house building process, and it's really fun. It can be really fun and really exciting, and the reality of it is that as we go to build a house, um, we... we um, we go through the process, but really what we're doing is we're kind of, we may see the plans, but then we kind of stop by each week as the house is being built. We watch the process happen, and then it's done, and then we move in, right? That's kind of like the process of building a house. Don't get our hands dirty at all. Um, we just watch the thing happen. And what we're talking about here today is something a little bit different. I think actually Jesus is calling us into a life, kind of throwing the hard hat on and actually becoming a part of the construction crew and actually building the, the, the life ourselves. He's given us a choice to step into this kind of life where we actually get to build this life and not just react to the things that we constantly are seeing happening around us. I think of um, Janelle and I, my wife, uh, we, about three years ago, we finally, um, the first two houses that we bought were kind of um, new builds, um, but we decided to build an older home, or to actually buy an older home this last time. That was about three years ago. And, um, and that was a brave and courageous step to kind of step into building a house or to kind of working on a house that we knew was going to need some TLC. Um, but we were excited about that because, you know, for us, um, I, and I remember even saying to Janelle, I said, you know what, I feel like this is our forever home. I said, I, I feel like this is a home that we can really kind of make to reflect ourselves. We can build it the way that we want it. And you know, at the end of the day, as Janelle and I kind of talked more as we first moved into the house, we found ourselves talking a lot more about the kind of experiences that we wanted to see happen there rather than the actual design of the home. We found ourselves talking about, man, I could, we could envision our girls having their friends over and the kind of love they'd experience. And the way that this could be a blessing for our family. But also we talked about, man, maybe someday the high school youth group could come over and kind of have swim parties at our house. We kind of had this vision for this house that went beyond the house itself and really was about the kind of life that we desired to build. And I think that's actually what building a life looks like. And I think that's something we all want, isn't it? We don't just want a house. We don't just want to build something to live in. We want to build something that we can love out of and love forward. Isn't that what we want? That's the kind of life that we're looking for. You know, if you're like me, though, lately, um, I've kind of found that I've um, I kind of lost that dream a little bit in the last four months. Um, honestly, you know, yes, we are kind of constantly in the process of remodeling um, our house, but I'm not really talking about that right now. I've found myself almost like I've lost a little bit of my kind of meaning and purpose as I'm stepping forward in life and actually kind of found myself kind of a little bit kind of closing off to things that I'm seeing around me. Has that happened for any of you? You find yourself kind of wondering, what, now what was I really about? What was the thing that I was so passionate about before this whole thing hit? Isn't that crazy that we could come to a place where we were living lives of such passion and forward momentum that we'd find ourselves now a bit frozen, wondering how to take the next step? You know, I think for us, 
a lot of uh, our purpose has faded. Something has caused us to stop actually building the life that we were building before. And we kind of wonder, what is it? What is the thing that has caused that uncertainty? You know, and right off the top of our head, we said, oh, it's COVID. Oh, it's... But I think as we boil all of this down, I would say it's, for me, it's more that I felt that there's a, a, a sense of uncertainty um, in my own life and that I've kind of felt in others' lives, both in talking uh, with, with you and also seeing lots of people's um, joyous feedback on, on social media and kind of um, conversations, if you can call them that, on, on social media and kind of really sense that there's, there's an uncertainty that has now built into kind of a sense where now um, I'm feeling myself and seeing other people really move more towards protecting something, maybe protecting the life that, that we believe that we've built and, and rather and kind of exchanged it rather than actually kind of living the life that we want to live. We may find ourselves at times even saying things that were like, how did I, how, why did I say that? Has anybody else gone to type something on social media recently and deleted it? Like a response? And here's some laughs. Man, I have. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. I even posted something and then saw how people started to respond and kind of bicker with each other, and I deleted the post. You know, for me, it's just not worth it. But I've seen us all kind of move to this place where as we feel kind of everything shifting and kind of, in a sense, feeling like it's being taken away from it, we're holding on to anything that we can grasp onto. I would kind of liken it to um, kind of stopping the building process and maybe kind of running to the basement and grabbing everything that we can on the way, locking the door, making sure that nothing's going to fall off the shelf as that earthquake is coming. Because if I can just, if I can just keep the things in place, we'll be okay. And then someday we'll be able to start moving forward. But for now, I'm going to stay in the basement, make sure everything's secure. I've got my family here. I've got our possessions. I've got, you know, a TV so I can watch what's going on with the elections. <laughs> and we can just hold on. But there's a problem. There's a problem for us when we stop building and kind of move to the basement. Number one, obviously, we've stopped living a life out of what, what we believe we're intended to do. But the other thing is, is this. When we're in the basement, our light can't shine forward. When we're in the basement... I see things happening like we're believing that, that, that uh, the people out there are moving to a place where they're a little bit more kind of like they've got, they might be after some of the resources that I have, and so I've got to keep them at bay. And it reminds me of a time recently, actually, um, a couple months ago at the beginning of, of, um, of the pandemic where, do you guys remember Toilet Paper Gate? I don't know if it was officially called that, but where, that, where this thing was happening, where there was no toilet paper on the shelves. I remember thinking at the beginning of that, like, oh, I am so glad that we shop at Costco because I think we probably have like 89 rolls and we're going to be fine for years, right? That was just the thought that I had in my head. I was like, this thing is silly, but man, we have enough and we will forever. Um, and I came home from work one day and, um, and I'd had a rough day. I just did. I was frustrated. I was tired. Um, and we probably hadn't thought about what we were going to make for dinner, and that makes things even more frustrating, doesn't it? And I was talking to Janelle, and, uh, and she said, hey, um, 
Today, somebody from Casas had posted that they were out of toilet paper, um, and so um, I had them come by, and I gave them some toilet paper, and I also gave them some toilet paper to give to somebody else that they knew that was out. And it's like instantaneously inside, I froze up, and I thought, what, but, and I didn't say this, thankfully, but like, what if, what if we don't have enough? I mean, how do we know that, how do we know that the, like, toilet production is, toilet paper production is going to actually keep up? And how, what if we don't actually have enough? Why would we give anything to anybody else if we're not certain that we're going to have the toilet paper that we need to make it through? Like, that's crazy. Again, I didn't say it. But later that night, as I was laying in bed, I found myself kind of with a, just a deep sense of sadness kind of washing over me. And just kind of wondering, how did, I, how did I get to this place? I don't care if we have enough toilet paper. We're resourceful. We can figure it out. Who needs toilet paper? I'm just kidding. But how did I get to the place that I would see somebody else's need and not want to meet it? And more than that, want to protect everything that I have to make sure that we're going to be okay, even at the expense of somebody else? How did I get to this place. Have any of you found yourself in that same place lately? Where you surprised yourself at how you've kind of become a little bit more protective or defensive of things? I found myself lately almost kind of like I'm trying to nail down things so that they'll just stop moving. If I could just nail them down, we can wait and we'll get through this and then soon enough, Somebody else will turn the switch on and life starts again and I can move out of the basement. We can all move out of the basement and start living again. But I think, I think God's actually calling us for our light to shine now. Remember, we're, when we're in the basement, we're not shining. There's a world that needs love. There's a world that needs a lot of things and we can be that. I think that's what it actually looks like to kind of build the life that God has called us to. You know, recently, um, last week, I knew I was going to give this talk this week, and so um, I, I did an uh, Instagram poll, and I put out there, how many of you have felt a little bit more stressed um, lately? Um, and I think we might, be, we might have it to put up here in a minute. And 96% of you, 96% of you said that you're feeling more stressed or worried lately, and only 4% um, said, only 4% said that, that um, you're not. And I, I don't know how those 4% are doing it. I mean, it's like, there must be like superhuman. But good for you, <laughs> the 4%. Here's the point though, 96%, and that's a lot of you, many of you that responded to this, you're not alone. There's an uncertainty, there's a stress that we've all felt that really is um, kind of affecting us in some ways that I think sometimes even we might kind of regret the way that that looks um, after the fact. The beautiful thing in all this, though, is that there really is a, a simple step that we can take um, to kind of move out of the place that we're in. And you might ask, well, what, what, what is that place that we're in? And here's, here's how I would describe it. I think lately, I think lately, without even knowing it, myself and, and a lot of us have moved to a place where we're actually kind of building 
more in a, in a kingdom of the world mentality than in the kingdom of God kind of life. We're actually kind of without knowing it, we've kind of switched kingdoms a bit and started to build within the world. And that's the kind of life that looks like we've got to protect all of our assets. We've got to make sure that everything that's secure. I've got to win some arguments. I've got to um, unfriend the enemy on social media. That's what it looks like. Those are the building blocks of a life within the kingdom of the world where we believe that things are falling apart and that, that if I don't grab onto the things that I, I really truly believe I have, then I'm not building a life. I think we've actually kind of just traded, traded it out. Have you guys felt that? A little bit of wondering like, how, how am I at this place? What have I, I kind of done? How have I shifted my mindset to kind of switch to this place? I think the thing that ultimately matters uh, for us uh, here today and, and online as you're watching, the thing that really matters for us is that um, Jesus has really laid out um, a pretty simple answer for us as we're wondering like how do I get back to that place where I can move from kind of like this protectionist mindset to actually kind of building this beautiful life of love that I knew before and that I want to keep pouring into the world. And so let's look together uh, again in the Sermon on the Mount. This is just a few verses uh, before the parable that we just went through. And I think this parable that Jesus, that Jesus um, talks about with building a life on a rock, he's getting at, he's kind of actually um, referencing back to this scripture. This is Matthew 7, 12, okay? And I don't want to miss this. So when we talk about what it looks like to build, build a house, to build a life on a firm foundation, I believe Jesus is pointing back to this and saying, this is, what it, this is how you build it. Matthew 7, 12, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And that's a big deal. When Jesus is saying, for this is the, for this is the law and the prophets, he's actually saying to his Jewish audience, he's saying to us, everything that has happened up until this point in the law, which started with 10 commandments that built to over 600 rules and regulations and everything that every prophet had lived or said, he's saying, this is what it's about. Essentially, he's saying, this is the hashtag everything moment. That's what Jesus is doing. And the hearers would have to hear this and go like, wait, how can you, there's so many pages, how can you boil all of that down to just this one statement? And we don't have to answer that question right now, but we can know that Jesus said it. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. It's really as simple as that. You might ask, well, I mean, okay, so what does that look like? I would say my wife, Janelle, showed me that. There was somebody that needed something, and I know it's, it, it might sound silly to say it's, that she gave away toilet paper, but here's the reality. <clears throat> As we were building our life, she knew that we had something that we could give away, even at the expense of us possibly not having what we needed. I think that's what it looks like to build a life. It's to know that as you build it, you can give it away. And you know what happens? Somehow, the house gets stronger. 
I don't think the house we build is for us to save. I think the lives that we build are to give away. We can build by investing our life and our love into other people. That's really what this is saying. That's really what this is about. And you know what's amazing about this? A few verses earlier, Jesus talked about storing up your treasures in heaven. I think as we invest our love and our life and we give it away to other people, we are effectively storing up our treasures in heaven. That's actually how this plays out. All from the Sermon on the Mount. What Jesus is driving at and encouraging for us. There's a life that we can build on a firm foundation. And I want so badly for myself and for each and every one of us to be able to kind of take this concept for ourselves and go, how can I apply that this week? I want to give you a really, really simple instruction. And I want you to hear it. It might sound kind of, it might kind of sound a little bit kind of up in the clouds, but I want you to listen to, to this kind of application and take it in. It's a two-step application because it's something that each of us can apply in our lives in a moment-by-moment -moment way as we go through our lives, okay? Here's what this looks like. When it comes to how to build a life, step one is, what is the thing that you wish others would do for you? Ask yourself that question. You're going through the day. Oh, man, I just wish, I just wish, ask those questions. And step two, here's the action. Do that for somebody else. What's the thing that you wish, the, the thing that you need so deeply in your life, somebody else needs that. Do that for others. That's how simple this works. Let me, let me kind of play this out. It looks like this. Do you wish to experience more love from the people in your life? Help someone experience your love for them in tangible ways. Okay, think again, practical application here. This isn't flowery, this is practical. Do you wish people would, would kind of bring peace into your life? Right now there's just a lot of anxiety, we're kind of heightening each other. Do you wish people would bring a kind of peace into your life? Man, it's so simple. Bring a spirit of peace into someone else's life. Do you wanna experience more joy from the people around you? and spread joy to someone that needs it. Have you ever needed someone to help you when you struggled financially? Then help somebody that is struggling with finances by blessing them with your finances. Do you want more people to speak in more hopeful ways? There is hope. You wanna hear that kind of talk kind of spoken into your life? Don't wait for it. Speak hope into someone else's life. And we could go on and on, couldn't we? But this really is a moment-by-moment -moment question and response for the way that we can be thinking about how to actually build. These could be the building blocks for a deep, strong foundation for the life that we are building, that we are constantly giving away. I think this is how, how it works. I think it's simple. I think we need it desperately. And my hope is that we can actually step into that this week. And as we close, I just want to kind of make this really important point with each and every one of us. Jesus stayed true to his word. 
Man, did he give his life away in order to store up treasures like us in heaven? Jesus did it. He was the example. We can do this. We can, we can start building a life again. That's how you build a life. Let's pray together. Well, God, we are so thankful that, that, uh, that we're just one step away from kind of like the, this protective mindset that we may have had. And that's not everybody here, but God, we're so thankful that we're always just one choice away from building that life again that is built on the firm foundation that ultimately, yes, is grounded um, on Jesus as the cornerstone within your kingdom. But God, you've, you've given us an active role. And would you encourage us? Would you nudge us? Would you show us the moments this week that we can actually start stacking those blocks one-on-one on top of each other again so that this life that we are actually living is a life that is pouring out love um, outside of us and that is actually giving the thing that we are building away. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go, let's go and build a life uh, this week. We look forward to uh, seeing you all again next week.